So yeah, welcome to the Car Dealer Pro Podcast. Uh, today we've got a good mate of mine uh, from York. We've got Ross. And do you know what, Ross? I'm really sorry, mate, but I forgot what your business is called. That's it, the great friendship. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's Auto Point York, buddy. Auto Point. That's it, yeah. I knew it was that. Yeah, but we go back back in the day when I was DJing and you were promoting, weren't you? And, uh... and that's it, the club nights, being behind the DJ booth, you know, talking about you being at BCM, the big famous DJ Gotti. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then, and then like I think a lot of DJs promoters go into selling cars. I think it's because they're all a bit dodgy, aren't they? Really? So. Um, well, I would say it's more that they're people. You know, the people, people, aren't they? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah maybe some of them because they're dodgy. Got to get rid of all the drug money. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I don't know, but that's not me. That's not no, me. I'm no, the no, same here. <laughs> the thing is, though, like selling cars, like being in the, the nighttime industry, it is, it's a great buzz. And I think when you've been in that nighttime industry, uh, you want to get that buzz again. And the nearest thing I've had to getting a buzz, like being in a nightclub, is selling cars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, I do massively miss the, the nighttime industry. I'm just sort of a late night person anyway. But, you, you know, you can't sell cars at midnight, can you? But, no. uh, you know, yeah, it does. It, it, yeah, there is definitely a comparison there, you know, dealing with people, seeing people satisfied at the end of it. So, yeah, yeah no, I think there's definitely comparisons that you can make there. Yeah, definitely. So, for people listening, uh, can you sum up your business in two minutes, like, explain them what, what you do, what you sell? So in two minutes, essentially, I've got, I do have quite, you know, it, my business started with me just having a passion for cars. Uh, I, I just really love them. Uh, I love the technical, the engineering side of things. So I've got a massive variation of what I do. So I've got two mechanical workshops because, you know, I just love the, you know, the nitty gritty, the dirty, see, you know, seeing the jobs getting done. Uh, I've got two main pitches as well so we've got like the, the main uh the main sales place that's that's in york and we'll sell anything from you know four thousand pounds to, to like twenty five thousand pounds you know it's more i'd say the average balance is probably about eight thousand pounds on there and that's working with there's probably about 35 on there but it's working with about 29 advertising auto trader and then we've got the part exchange business uh which is like anything from 200 quid to to, to, to three grand and that's ba- we have that based over Ripon and we've got that kind of branded separately really so we kind of separated the two businesses probably about a year and a half two years ago just to kind of you know create two different brands that kind of you know put an image well fit, fit the image of the, uh, the stock profile we were splitting them into basically and yeah. that's kind of it yeah and, and with the cheaper stuff do you still advertise that on auto trade as well yeah so the, the cheaper stuff um We've probably got, I think it's about in the contract for 12, but we probably have about anything from about 20 over there. Uh, as we advertise those on Facebook, uh, it's a, it's, it is quite a split. I mean, I was, I haven't, I haven't actually put them on eBay and Gumtree because, I mean, anybody who's in the trade will know that eBay and Gumtree is really good for your sub 2K stuff. But they used to, eBay used to have this, because obviously eBay has now turned into eBay's Motors group, uh, group, and they used to have this policy before when they were just eBay's Motors Pro where you had to be VAT registered so on the cheapy side we've we've not VAT registered that yet because we're we're essentially we've still got it in the kind of startup phases if we if we describe it like that and uh, you know but I've just spoken to eBay and Gumtree and they're actually doing it without being VAT registered now so hopefully we'll get started with them and uh, you know hopefully we'll sell some more cars yeah yeah definitely definitely and um, with like Covid and everything how has it been then well, you know, I was kind of mentioning this to you before. How's COVID for you know been for us? It's it's been a bit of a weird one. I mean, I, I don't know about everybody else, but I really enjoyed the lockdown. I, I you know I thought it was great. You know, I live quite rurally, you see, so I'm not like cooped up in a city or in an urban area. I've kind of got a house where I can walk out this fields, uh, you know, and I can kind of obviously my hour exercise that we we're supposed to do. You know that went quite far, um, so it was it was just nice having de-stressing. You know, no problems, no screamers. Um, you know, we were selling a couple of cars. Like, you know, I, I, had, I still had like one of my sales guys just manning the you know, phones from home. So, you know, we made a bit of money. Uh, I think we wiped our nose on one month, and then the other month, you know, we made a little bit of money. 
really nice that Auto Trader gave us it for free. So yeah, no, I, I think with COVID, it, um, it it was it was kind of like if you embraced it, I think it was a bit of it was a you know, breath of relief yeah. in, in some instances. You know, because yeah. obviously we got the we got the government support, which obviously we will be ever in their debt for, and I. I expect we will uh, we will obviously have to pay that back, but uh, you know it's just time to knuckle down, make as much money as you can, so we can kind of repay the government for the you know for the help that they've given yeah. us all. Yeah, 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 definitely. And you think when we come out of this next lockdown, then do you think we'll see the like the, the busyness what we had from the last one? Well, I think this is where our kind of skill comes in, and you know, the str- this is where the real strategy of a car dealer comes in because. Obviously, what we had last time is, you know, we had two and a half months of lockdown where, you know, essentially we sold some cars and then it eventually frittered out into nothing. And then when we opened up, we essentially, I don't know what it was like for you, but we got like two months, three months of custom into like one month. And, you know, it was mad busy, you know, and then then all of a sudden all the car prices shot up, um, you know, so... It's kind of like, you know, is it going to, you know, we've been given that as a kind of um, a basis of what can happen. But, you know, it is gambling. Is that going to happen again? You know, yeah. or is it going to, are people going to be a bit more worried this time? Are people going to be a bit more savvy? I mean, the great thing is, obviously, first lockdown, people were sat at home and getting paid to, yeah. you know, to essentially do nothing. They couldn't go to the beach. So they weren't spending their money either. So I think that was a good part of everyone came into the, you know, the first easing of lockdown with all this cash in the bank. So they all wanted to, like, treat themselves because it would all be so you know, you know, born yeah. as such, yeah. so they needed some sort of relief, and uh, you know, for car, that is kind of what they could do because you know they couldn't go on holiday, could they? Yeah. Um, but I think with obviously this second uh, easing of the lockdown, I think it's, it's a tough one because I, I, I think it'd be slightly naive just to presume that it was going to be exactly the same as the as the one before. You know, this time we've got a vaccine. You know, there's there's a hope that you know in 2021 summer, you know, we'll all be going back on holiday. So you know, should we save that money for then or uh, well my, my opinion is I, I've still been buying because we've actually still been selling uh, I mean this month from our York site from advertised of 29 on auto trader we've done we're on 19 and I'm hoping that you know we'll finish you know kind of on mid 20s early 20s yeah. so we've kind of you know it's, it's, it's been an okay month for, for the conditions so We've still been buying. I am going to still keep buying. I'm going to get this pitch stocked up, you know, a little bit uh, more than usual. But I am not going to – I won't be going crazy because, as I say, if the auction prices go a bit crazy, I'll just resort to private buying again. So yeah. that's kind of my, my view. That's your I mean, that's brilliant. That, uh, doing what – what do you say? 19 you've done already. Yeah, 19 yeah. from uh, 29 advertised. Yeah. So Because I've, I've got 29 advertised and we've done 10. So yeah, that's really good. And well, I have to say, I've got it's a bit, it's a bit weird. I know that you'd kind of moved into the market of like sort of the Nissan Qashqai's and the Dutch, you know, kind of like yeah. the, the bread and butter stuff. And I mean, for me, I mean, I'm looking at the board now. So like KN Range Rover Sport, Range Rover Sport, you know, Alpha Mito, uh, like TT Black Edition, Jaguar yeah. XF 330i, Alpha Cloverleaf X5. It's all different stuff, yeah. and. I've, uh, you know, kind of speaking to my local guys in the area, you know, in the kind of Harrogate, York area, the only people that are selling, you know, the only stuff that's selling is just stuff a bit different. So I think it yeah. is the guys sat at home with cash in the bank, you know, thinking oh, I'm bored as hell. You know, I'd love a little toy right now. And I yeah. just want some a bit different. You know, we've got KA's focuses and there's just nothing happening on those. So yeah. I just think it is the different stuff that's selling at the moment. Yeah. And obviously with our profile, because I do like to buy some stuff that's a little bit different. Um, I think that's kind of why we've uh, we've managed to keep keep up the momentum a little slightly. Yeah, definitely. And and has that always been your uh, like formula to have a good mix of cars across the board? Or? Yeah, I mean, I I, I, do, I always I just like to keep it interesting because you know, as I say, I got into this because I like cars, so it's always great to like you know actually. Yeah, enjoy what you're selling. You know, yeah. it's, it's. I mean, as salespeople, we can always we can sell we can sell you know car, whatever car it is. But you know, it's a lot easier to sell something that you fully understand, that you're passionate about, and you're actually enthusiastic about. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it's it's just easier that way. Yeah. Isn't it, comes, it? So, it comes across, doesn't it? It comes across. 
to customers. Well, that's it. You can, if you can kind of share that excitement with the customer, you're generally always on onto a dead winner. But, but as I say, it's, it's always a big risk, you know. So, so for instance, um, yeah, I'm, I, this is why I always try to pull myself away from it. This is kind of why we created the cheaper pitch because I'm always a sucker for buying all the stuff. Um, so let's say, for example, uh, the car that I bought the other month, I bought a, a 2005 plate, 15 years old. And it was a X5 4.8 IS. Um, you know, it's obviously a big lump. You know, to most people, they'd be like, bloody hell, 5 litre petrol X5, what the hell? It only had 77k on the clock. But, I mean, if there's any BMW nuts listening to this, they will know that the 4.8 IS is essentially the X5M. And, you know, years to come, that is going to be a really highly sought after car. And, I mean, anybody who drives it will understand why it is such a sought after car because it is, yeah, it's just a really cool car, essentially. And, but, yeah, we, we generally get, sometimes we just get screwed in prep, basically. So, yeah. yeah. But but will will a car like that go up in value then? I mean, do you, do you get many cars like that where you look at it and you think, right, in five years' time, that, that's going to skyrocket? Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, I, I remember when I was selling these 4.8 ISs, I was selling them probably three or four years ago. So this one had 77 on, I think probably like three or four years ago. I'd probably be selling it for about 6,500. And I mean, this, you know, today we sold it for eight grand so they're, they're already on the way up you know I've, I've seen there's a couple of guys on the auto trader that i've that i've got them up priced at like 10 grand so i could you know i could easily see this being a you know 12 13 pound car in the next five to ten years easily yeah yeah what about like porsches and stuff like that are they, are they generally a good a good investment well, porsches, you know i was mentioning this to you earlier just you know there is you know, it's kind of like people or you get friends that ask you, you know, what what can I buy and I'm not going to lose any money on? And, you know, you're kind of always like, well, you know, it's always a risk because you could buy something and the engine will blow up. So, you know, yeah. you're going to lose money straight away. But, <clears throat> you know, a great example of something that you can buy uh, was the 997-911 Turbo. So let's say, you know, five years ago, six years ago, you could get 2006 uh, 997 Turbo. Um for 30 mid 30s and then all of a sudden uh, i think it was money started getting a bit cheaper and so like two years ago you know even porsche main dealers were selling these cars again on 05 plates 06 07s they were selling them for like high 40s so essentially you could have bought a car like you know six years ago ran it for three years it have gone up by 10 grand so you know it covered yeah. you thousand pounds a year maintenance and your insurance and you know you just essentially made money on it yeah 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 definitely and you're not going to do a lot of miles in them type of cars, anyhow. Are you? It's not going to be a daily runner, is it? No. Well, that's it. These are kind of second cars, but it's just actually having the ability to to, to have, have a car. It not cost you anything. Yeah. And you know, you've you've got this lovely little ornament or little toy on your drivers, and yeah. you can't yeah. go and buy a PlayStation and do that, can you? And, and you know, you're doing like you're looking for these type of prestige classic cars i mean will you drop on them at the auction sometimes or do you just like constantly search for them all over online to be fair i i'm a bit of a sucker for them at the auction yeah so one recently um the last car i kind of did well there's a couple that i bought but so like one of my last ones it was a p wrench uh golf gti it was only eight valves so if anyone's thinking oh golf gti it was a mark three so they're not the most desirable yet um but it only had fifty-six thousand miles on the clock and i think the reserve on it was 500 quid and looking around the body there was a few little specks of rust and somebody had siliconed the sunroof um it was always going to be a massive massive risk and i thought you know I'm just a, I'm, I'm a gambling guy. Well, I don't I don't do any betting or anything because I think I gamble too much when I buy cars. So that's where I kind of get my gambling right. release from. But yeah, I, I bought this. I gave seven hundred quid for it. I got it got it delivered back. I think it, it, I think actually all in it, it stood me like eight hundred quid. Uh, I think it might have been six hundred quid plus hundred twenty quid indemnity and then seventy quid fee. But yeah, got it back. Uh, I, I even I went to one of my workshops by myself because I was like, oh crap, you know, this could be absolutely rotten underneath. I took it back underneath, perfect, perfectly undersealed. Opened the glove box, bloody service book in there. Opened the service book, <laughs> serviced every year up to 18 by a Volkswagen specialist. Oh, every year. And, yeah, and I was just like, oh my God. And when, 
a run around the bodywork. So, so far, sunroof, I bought a new seal for the sunroof, so that was 30 quid online. Um, one of the bottom of the wings was slightly rotten, so I bought a new wing for that. Uh, that was 30 quid. It was a non-genuine one, just because you can't find the genuine ones. Yeah. Uh, and I think paintwork's going to cost me about 300 quid. And I think we've done a little bit of prep on it. I think they did an exhaust at the workshop did. I've probably spent about 150 quid in prep. But, but all in, I reckon it'll probably stand me at about 1,500 quid. And, I mean, looking at there's there's nothing really to compare it to much out there. There's a couple with, like, 90,000 on, and people are asking about four and a half, five thousand 5,000 pounds for those. So, yeah. you know, if we just said for a rough sake it's worth about five and a half. You know, it's yeah, it's it's you know, it's a four four grand margin, isn't it? And, oh, but, but, but again, it's just a massive risk. It's it's, it's just the risk. But you know, because you get people that are, you know, again, friends that say, oh, well, can't I go buy a, a P Reg uh, Golf GTI? And I'm, you yeah. know, I kind of say, look, it's always a gamble, and it just yeah. depends what what you know what we've got. Obviously, we've got access to trade labour. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got access to wealth of knowledge, unlike yeah. the private man. You know, if, uh, if that was a private man and he got, you know, a big job that he had to do, you know, and he had to take it to a Volkswagen specialist, sixty-five quid an hour. You know, it, it, it could it could absolutely kill somebody. But again, that that's just kind of our economies of scale, if you'd like to describe yeah. it uh, yeah. in the uh, in the car industry. I think it's because we're just constantly, you know, online. You, you're amongst it, and you just drop on these little gems. Every now and again, don't you? That's yeah, what well, it is. that's it. It's just part of our job, isn't it? It's just part of the job. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's a right good feeling, isn't it, sometimes, if you're bidding on something and you think... Actually, to be honest, it goes the other way with me. If I get something too cheap, I'm like, oh, God, that was too cheap. Oh, what's the matter with it? <laughs> and then when it's getting delivered, I'm, like, shitting myself, thinking, oh, it's going to be a right lemon. And then, like you say, when you find that, that service book, it's like all your Christmases have come at once, haven't they? It totally is. It totally is. That is like, this, yeah, it is, it, it is. It's hard to describe the feeling that you get when, yeah, if you say you buy a car with no history, yeah. or you, you, know, you kind of buy it with some history, but then you open it up and it's like full manufacturer's <laughs> history. That is when you're just like, oh. You know, you're in such a good mood, place. aren't you? For the rest yeah. of the day, you're like... <laughs> Dancing round the, the pitch and that, you've got a right spring in your step. Exactly. No, that is definitely, definitely a way I could describe it. Now, I know you, I spoke to you the other week, and you, I mean, I don't know if you mind sharing this, like, but you dropped onto a right good deal, didn't you? Where you had a really. Oh, you about the S class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, again, that, that's just kind of one of these gambles. Um, is a is an S sixty five, um, fifty six plate, um, and it had popped up in the auction. Uh, it had a condition report, and it was about eighty. It was eighty eight thousand on. So you know, anybody, most people have probably looked at that and they're bloody hell. You know, if we if we have to do an engine on one of those, then you know, it'd be yeah. cost of the car plus plus more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just just knowing kind of the AMGs, I mean, most people, well, anybody that knows AMGs quite well will know that the engines are actually forged so it's very 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 unlikely that you're ever going to have to do an engine in one so you could kind of rule that out straight away um so it's just kind of like worrying whether there'd be electrical faults and stuff like that but uh, but yeah it was um i basically obviously not to discuss figures um not to give everything away, but essentially, I, it's yeah, it's my biggest margin I've, I've I've ever made on a car. I don't know, nobody else must have been uh, looking, or maybe nobody has had as big as balls as I did on that day. But uh, but yeah, I essentially doubled my money. Uh, so I'll, I'll kind of leave that for the listeners yeah. to, kind of, to work out how much money I made on that. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> going to be searching for that car now, aren't there? Some similar for sale. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So, but and and then like this week, oh, I think it was last week. There's been loads of stuff on the news, you know, about uh, like petrol and diesel cars phasing them out in ten years' time. Like, but what do you think's gonna happen then? What, what like, what are you gonna be doing? Like, what what type well, of? Uh... Yeah, I've kind of. The first thing is, um, I I just think this is just it's just a, a massive media spin. Uh, this is just the conservatives, just basically trying to it's, it's their election campaign this is this is what they're doing and they're, they're trying to appeal to those 
you know, those more greener voters, as we all do become a bit more green in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. It's, it's just appealing to, to that, that nature. But, but you know, I, I get, you know, I've had that question asked so much and I kind of just kind of shrug it off and laugh it off because, you know, I, I think in 10 years' time, we'll, <laughs> petrol and diesels will be less of the focus. You know, you look at the head of Toyota UK, I've got a good, good friend of mine, um, he was dealer principal of of Nairsborough Toyota. Uh, they did really well, win loads of awards for their servicing. They're a really small centre, part of a big big group, Vantage, who's quite quite heavily t- Toyota focused. But he, he won an award, and he had the um, he had the head of Toyota UK. I forget his name. He's like Hans Hans Zimmer, something or other. Um, he came down, and, and Mark kind of said to him, you know, what, what what's the score with 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 hi- you know with hybrids? Um, what, what are we doing? And it. The, the head of, head of uh, Toyota was just saying, "Well, look, we're, we're not we're not developing to hybrid anymore. Hybrid's kind of old old news. We're, we're doing hydrogen, uh, and I mean, Toyota already you can already buy a Toyota car, uh, a hydrogen car. I think it's the Mirai or something, and that's it's about fifty five grand. But you can you can buy one of those. You can buy the hydrogen car now. It's the problem is the infrastructure's just not there. So, so kind of like where, where do I where do I think we're going to be? I, I think you know they'll they'll be developing different technologies, better better." batteries that go into cars there'll still be petrols and diesels they've got to keep working you know working with petrol and diesel for you know the next 20 30 years i'd imagine but but i think there's going to be a lot more hydrogen um on on the market i do think electric i'm i just think it's a bit of a con to be honest um you know all the lithium that we need to to produce for the batteries and you know we're looking we're seeing a lot of yeah. teslas now coming you know the lot the model s's i think you know we're getting stuff on like 13 14 plates you know with you know average miles like you know 80 90 miles and they're all having to have you know sixteen thousand pound battery replacements after seven years i mean yeah. you know if you bought a petrol or diesel car and you had to replace the engine after seven years you'd you'd be spitting feathers, wouldn't yeah, you? So yeah. I, I, I think the electric thing is just a bit of a fad. Um, yeah. We'll be on to hydrogen. There'll be, you know, we'll have some uh, technology. We'll, we'll be, we'll be, I think in 10 years time, we're essentially be a, that's a generation away. And I, I think we'll be working with different technologies then. But as I say, I, I don't think it's anything for, for car dealers to worry about, no matter how, you know, as long as they're running and powered by something, we're, yeah. we're still, we're still going to be uh, we're still going to be selling them, aren't we? And yeah. you know the population will have grown by that time, so we'll have more people on the market. Um, and yeah, it's kind of you know COVID's going to kind of help help that car buying market as well. So that's kind of I'm, I'm not too worried essentially no. if, if I were to sum it up. You know because you know like if you um, say you live in a terraced house and you've got you know your dad, your mum, and a son and daughter, and there's like four cars and. Within the household, like where they're going to charge them cars if it's on like street parking and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's is such a valid point. I, I, I just think, yeah, like, like you say, electric is just, it's just too messy. It's just too much time yeah. involved. You know, we're too used to going to the petrol station quickly. You know, stick, yeah. you know, thirty quid in. It takes five minutes. Bang, we're done. You know, that'll last us however many days. I mean, I know they've got the superchargers, but you know, it's it's just going to take a lot of time. You know, these yeah. superchargers. I think with Teslas, they, you know, it's about twenty minutes that you have to go and wait to supercharge it. I mean, you know, it doesn't take it doesn't take twenty minutes to fill your Range Rover tank up, does it? So you know, again, it's it's just a bit inconvenient. And if anything, we learn, um, you know, from customer attitudes now is is just inconvenience, people's uh, patience. Oh, it's course, just yeah. you know, the threshold is just getting lower and lower and lower. People are just more on time. You know, the Amazon's, you know, next day delivery, everything like this. People just want everything to happen quickly. Yeah, no. And I. I just think don't think that's going to fit in with uh, with how people's uh, well, with how the consumer taste is uh, is developing. So, so like, yeah. So, say you've got to sell these cars that you don't like. I mean, like you say, you, you only want to sell cars that you like, don't you? You know what I mean. So, you you could go into like a, I don't know a bit of a niche market, couldn't you, for diesels and stuff like that. Um, but at the moment, is is there any sort of cars that you you really dislike to sell? Or you refuse to sell? Yeah, well, I, 
it there is yes Sangyongs. I just I just can't <laughs> right. can't sell Sangyong and an MG as well. The new new style MGs. I mean, like I'd sell an older MG because yeah. uh, I, I I've got a bit of knowledge about those. To be fair, but even though they're very unreliable, but yeah, the new Sangyongs. I, I just can't I can't stand Sangyongs. I just think they're do, so ugly. Do um, you think people like actually go on auto trade are looking? For a, I can't even say it, a Sangyong. Do you think, oh, do you know what? I'm going to see what, what Sangyongs are here. Beautiful cars. You know what I mean? They're just not, are they? I do, yeah, I just, I just don't think uh, that market's there, really. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, I was always on the borderline with Kias as well. I think, you know, Kia is touching towards a, a Sangyong. But, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Kia and, like, the, I think it was mid um yeah, I think it's like yeah. 2013, 2011. Kia, yeah. Kia got one of Audi's designers, um, so they managed to make them a bit good. You know, there is some Kias that are quite good looking nowadays, so that's yeah, kind of like definitely. changed my taste on them. So, but but yeah, no, I, I just don't think anybody really looks at Sangyong and thinks, oh, that's a good looking yeah, car. Yeah. And so you, you've bought them then, and you've you've actually sold them. Time I have I have never in my life bought a Sangyong. Uh, well, it depends. I've taken them in part exchange. I've taken a couple in part exchange. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I remember every single one. I've taken two, and uh, <laughs> they both went out on finance. To be honest, and I, did, I just felt oh, I felt so bad. I just felt bad, like you know, <laughs> attaching someone to this car for a financial <laughs> agreement. But you know, I don't think there's anything in the FCA uh, policy that says if you don't like the car, you should then advise the customer against it. So. Yeah, yeah, screwed yeah. my teeth. And like, they drop in value so much, don't they? You know, if, like, if you bought one brand new for 30 grand, it's like worth eight in two years' time. Yeah, no, no, that's totally right. I mean, you know, you'll see them when you look through any, you know, sales catalogues. I think it's the most common one, I think it's the Yip Song or something like that. It's the very, really small one, but I think. I think they cost about, you know, like 10 grand. And then when they get to about two or three years old, they're worth about two grand. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It, it looks fantastic value for, they look value for money when you see the plate and the mileage and, yeah. you know, yeah. what they go for. But I, I just, no, thank you. Yeah. No, no, that's fair enough. So I know you've said like, that, you know, you buy from the auction, but I know, I know you look down every different type of avenue. And, and what would you say is your favorite way to buy stock? It's, it's, it's hard to say really because um, I've, I've come from a different I've, I've done all the kind of ways of buying um, you know I used to I used to buy from predominantly I over my career I've bought from main dealers um, you know that's why I've you know, got a good few friends that are kind of dealer principals GSMs um, and I, I, I would I used to kind of say, I would have said you know that would have been a, a favorite you know you kind of get to deal with the manufacturer you know especially like when I used to buy at mini dealerships yeah. mini guys you used to really know their things so you used to you know when I used to speak to you know Chris at you know Newcastle mini I'd be like Chris you know what's this mini got and he would just be like bang 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 he'd say every single option you know and he'd be there excited about it with me as well and they just kind of shared that that, that passion and they really knew it and then and another one was when I was buying out of Leeds Lexus uh, the Lexus guys are so up like they're so yeah. skilled on knowing on the product knowledge essentially um, so I it's it's a close one. Uh, I kind of I did really you know like buying out of the main dealers just just for that just for the kind of product knowledge. But you know again at the same time you know when you're in the auction hall and you know there's yeah there's 600 cars going through on the day and yeah. you know let's say you have got a load of cash in the bank as well so you're there you bid in like on like you know you bid it on like 20 cars yeah. and it's, you know it's it's kind of that. I always compare it to um, you know when you're in the auction hall. Um, you know, it's it's like it's like again. I'll refer it back to gambling because you know when we buy and use cars, it's a gamble. You know, it, it is always a gamble. Yeah. And so when you know you've got your ticket, you're at the horse races, and you've you've got it on your know, five quids on lucky five or something like that. And you know, to get to the end of the race, and you're right to the end, and your horse is near, and you're at that point where your heart starts beating, the adrenaline's kicking in, and yeah. you know, you're, you're looking at your horse getting closer and closer. You're thinking, this I could win, I could win, I could win. And it's, it's a very, very similar experience to when, when you're, you're bidding on a car at an auction and you, you're bidding on it, you, you've got, you know, you're at a decent price, you, you've got in your head what you can make on it and it's getting, you know, auctioneers dropping it to the 50s, you know, he's, he's, he's then <laughs> yeah. said, oh, you know, it's, it's on sale and, you know, it's all those moments again, you can just 
yeah. it just, you know, it's this kind of elation uh, that that you kind of feel. Obviously, when you when somebody outbids you, that's kind of like when you stoop to a little bit of a low because you're like, oh crap, you know, I yeah. need to go on to my backup cars. But I'd probably say it, it's tight, but it, it is buying from auction physically, which obviously we can't we can't really do much at the moment, can we? No, but but no. I, w- I would say that is kind yeah, of probably my favourite way of buying cars. It's more fun, isn't it? It's more fun going yeah. like, just. Just the process of going to the auction, you know, you, you get in there. The, I mean, I remember the first time I went into an auction and I was like, God, this is this is like being in a nightclub, you know, getting that sort of buzz. You know, everything was going on. Everyone's looking you up and down. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, you know, the auctioneers on the mic, I'm thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind that job. I'm used to getting on the mic in a club. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I always thought, but you, you just got to think like those guys in the auction. Let's say they've got an auction. Go- I know where, where I buy in Scotland. You know their, their auctions are lasting like six hours. And yeah, yeah fair right, enough. Yeah. They take it in turns. But imagine like being on the mic for three hours solid, like with all those petrol and diesel fumes. Like you're just breathing them <laughs> yeah, in. Like it, it's a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's not an easy job. No, but I think it is. Definitely not. Definitely not. And and, and like you know, you say that like the, the Lexus main deal and people like. I mean, how did you get in with them? Did you just like rock up one day and go, oh, have you got any cars that you want to get rid of, or did well, did you have a bit yeah, of a? It was kind of in the early days. So the the group that I dealt with was called Vantage Mo Group, who I mentioned. You know, they had the Nairs Precise, and it, it was a bit weird. So we we did because you know approaching main dealers, they're kind of like you know the ones that. There's very, very few that deal with the trade now, but the yeah. ones that did, you know, they're always, you know, like I said, I've got friends, I'm friends with the guys I used to deal with, and but it's, it's like that in all places, you know, with yeah. you generally, you, you become friends with them, so for me to then approach as not being friends, they kind of look you up and down, and, you know, I, I was fairly, fairly young when I started my business, you know, I started when I was 21, so you can imagine some, like, 21-year-old kids walking yeah. into, like, a franchise where there's blokes that are, like, in their 40s, and I'm there, like, oh, hi, can I buy some cars with you, please? They kind of yeah. just look you up and down, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, no, no, mate. Um, but it, it started with... Um, um, a, a chap it was called uh, Darren Binge, and he he was the he was the sales manager of the local York Toyota where we're based, and he actually rang me up on on a car that we had. It was for his for his brother actually, because you know we were dealing really cheap cars then. You know we we made them cheap to, to to get them gone really. So he called me up on that, and we had a bit of a chinwag on that. And you know he kind of I could tell the guy really knew his things. So I you know I, I wanted to like kind of keep him on the phone to to kind of listen to what he had. To to say and you know then I kind of dropped in well look you know can can I buy some cars and you know he's a really nice guy and he, he said yeah well you know come down and I can show you and you know show you a couple of cars and, and that's kind of how it all started so Vantage were there I think they must have had about 18 centers at that point so it just started at the point where I went in there to York I bought a couple of cars off them you know, I got Pally with Darren and then he would then recommend me to other sales managers. Yeah. So as my business grew, as we sold more cars, we got some more cash in the bank. We had those yeah. avenues where we could go to the, you know, to, to the, all, you know, to the other Vantage, um, to the other Vantage dealers. Uh, yeah. And that, that kind of helped us really. But, um, so, but then I think, and then, then Vantage, unfortunately, they went to Aston Barkley. Aston Barkley managed to get their get their way in there, um, right. which you know it's it's kind of just natural for anything you know for that to happen. And yeah. so it was sort of a bit that you know we weren't buying from franchises. We went back to our traditional ways of buying privately, buying from the auction. But but then then after that there was um, there was Lloyd Group, um, which Lloyd are kind of they've. Uh, They've got Rip and Land Rover that's fairly local to us. And uh, this is when I was kind of start, you know, kind of moving into Rip and to start the new, uh, to start the new uh, sales site, essentially. And I just, I just, I knew that they did deal with trade. Uh, so I popped in there, tried to, tried to speak to somebody. Um, I, I didn't, didn't, I couldn't get to, like, I was kind of, I kind of got palmed on the first time. Yeah. Uh, but I, I got a number. And so I, I kept calling, I kept calling, you know, managed to finally get through to their GSM to kind of like explain who I was, uh, that I was really interested in buying some cars, explain, you know, my, my history beforehand, you know, what I kind of bought and sold and just asked for the opportunity to, uh, to what to, to get, 
to get in there. Yeah. And I was I was always taught by uh, an old an old trader, uh, one of the chaps that owns one of my sites. Actually, he's probably about seventy now, but he's a really really wise guy. He's he's very very successful, uh, and he said, look. Once you get into the uh, the main dealer, just buy everything. He's like, if something's a nail, just yeah. buy it, because yeah. you can't let anybody else. And so, kind of, I just went in with that mentality. Yeah. I was just going to ask that. To be honest, did, did, yeah, did, did you, you know you, you can't be too picky in the beginning, can you? You've no, just got you, to think, you can't right. be picky. You can't yeah. be picky in general because all they're going to do is pick up the phone and ring the next guy. Yeah. But if they know that you'll bid on everything. Yeah. then they're just good. they're going to ring you because it's going to be too easy for them then make their job as easy as yeah. possible yeah. you know don't be like oh well i don't really want to buy that so i'm going to bid you four or five hundred quid less than what it's worth yeah. just bid them what it's worth yeah. if you don't want it trade it um you know just just make the job easy for them so so yeah i kind of i got into rip and land rover they did have quite a few traders in there so I, I i wasn't getting a fast amount because obviously you know it, i do really like um, the land rover products um but you know they would they would always get like quite high-end stuff so uh, really but uh, you know stuff like they get like 65 plate bentley yeah. uh gt mulliner edition uh, s65 coupe um with, you know, these are all like 40, 50 grand cars. So they get a lot of top end stuff, which is kind of outside of my range. But, you know, kind of anything from up to 15 grand, I'd always be bidding them strong money on. Yeah. But, but yeah. naturally, from that, uh, obviously, Lloyd had uh, Newcastle BMW and they had Newcastle Mini. So it helped me again to get the introduction to them. I, I could approach them. Uh, and essentially, I got yeah. I, when I got into Newcastle BMW, I, I have to say that was such a great find. Um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. BMW I, I bet their part exchanges were right on the money for what you were wanting to sell. They were, yeah, they were. You know, they were getting loads of like four, five, six, seven grand stuff in, and you know, like when you get in those BMWs with like four BMW history. Yeah, you know, it, I really did learn from you know how. You know the quality of part exchanges. You know I, when I was buying the cars out of BMW and Mini, the quality compared to let's say Toyota was just worlds apart. And yeah. you know you kind of when we were at the Toyota garages, when somebody used to trade something in that wasn't a Toyota, you'd always be thinking, are they just trading this in because it's knackered and they just <laughs> wanted a Toyota because they know they're reliable basically. And you know if I'm honest, eight yeah. out of ten times that was the reason. But yeah. with with BMW, you generally got the better better class of candidate. Yeah. So that that's kind of uh, it was it was quite a, quite a godsend to us. And you know it got to a point where we were buying probably. 70% of, of the trade cars weekly out, out of um, out of BMW in Newcastle which you know it was, a, it was a great it was great really you know everything was there in one place we're probably paying a little bit more on you know what we sh you, know, you know if we looked at what it was going at auction for we'd always try to pay a little bit more just yeah. to kind of you know make make it so again just trying to make everyone's life easier make it so they didn't have to go elsewhere but it, it kind of came to an end really and um, it came to an end about probably about 12 months ago now, uh, and it was the dealer principal. Um, so Newcastle were having a real big space because obviously these BMW dealers, they get more pressure and pressure to sell more cars. And, you yeah. know, the dealerships were built 10, 15 years ago. So they were built for a trade 15 years ago. And, you know, these guys have maybe upped, you know, their volumes 20, 30, 40 percent since those days. And, you know, they were they're having a big problem with space and part Part of me thinks the dealer principal just didn't like the idea of, of dealing with the trades because, you know, again, most most dealers now, I mean, I don't think there'll be a, de a BMW dealer in the UK now that deals directly with the trades. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think most, most of these staff have come from dealerships where they've just dealt straight with auctions and they've, they've not had to, had the, you know, to deal with traders. And I think that the dealer principal had that mentality that he was kind of like, well, why, why are we dealing with traders? You know, this is kind of an archaic way to go about things. So that's when uh, they actually moved. Well, the thing is, the, the, the interview site always had the option. They could, they could either send to dealer auction, BCA, or they could trade it. And pretty much 90% of the time they were, they were just trading them because of the sort of money that I was, I was giving them. Yeah. Um, 
but again, the, the dealer principle kind of pushed to this. He he was just like, look, no, we we need to go for trade. We've got it. He, he kind of fabricated. Well, I wouldn't say fabricated because that that'd be mean to say, but he kind of he was suggesting we don't have enough time. We don't have space, and and the the sales manager doesn't have time to to deal. Um, to deal with the, with the trade, you know, if the sales manager didn't have to deal with all the trade anymore, he might have an extra, you know, twenty minutes in the day where he could motivate his staff. So yeah. they kind of brought it down to an efficiency thing, and that's that's when they when they moved to uh, to a trade trade policy that everything started going to BCA, right. which was again it was a bit unfortunate. Um, we we actually it was only the Newcastle site that did that, so we actually moved again. You know, Joyce had been part of Lloyd and having a bit of group. We moved over to Carlisle, which was where uh, Lloyd's head office was. So we started buying out of Mini and uh, and BMW over in Carlisle, which it was a great relationship we had there. Um, and uh, we but then eventually, the, as the I think the thing that really killed it was this. Uh, you know, the easing of lockdown when so. Newcastle were dealing with BCA prior to lockdown and then after lockdown. Yeah. So Lloyd had kind of seen like, wow, like look at the auction prices going through the roof, you know, when the lockdown <laughs> yeah. kind of eased. And I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin for, yeah. for Lloyd's trade policy. And, yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of how it how it went really. But uh, but th- that's kind of when I moved to private buying. And you know, I was kind of kind of touch on this, um, you know. <sighs> My since since I stopped stopped dealing with main dealers and started buying out the auction, since I can be a more, more selective because obviously I wasn't able to select my stock. I was it was only what was there at the time, what I was given. Um, and whilst I enjoyed that, I loved it. You know the, the support, the product knowledge. I because I, I, don't, I don't wish to like seem big headed here, but you know I'm an experienced motor trader now. I have a good understanding of. The markets that I sell in, I have an understanding of a, a, a deep understanding of, of product knowledge, essentially. So you know, it kind of made sense to go to the auctions and buy the stuff that I know sells, buy the stuff that I know what's up with them if they've got an EML on or they've got some sort of stuff. You know, use that that knowledge, and I I, I did. Uh, I went. I started buying privately. I started buying from auction. And now profit per unit has probably gone up by about twenty to twenty-five percent since oh, since, I've, since I've changed the way I've been buying. So it's kind of helped, and I feel a bit bad because you know I've had a couple of the guys from the main dealers give me a call back. You know they've kind of said, look, you know Ross, the uh, the auctions aren't doing too well, and you know we'd we'd love to deal with the trade again, and. You know, as much as I wanted to be like, yeah, look, I, I, you know, reminiscent of our, you know, times previous, you know, about how, you know, how yeah. good it was to work with them. I just, you, yeah, you, you wouldn't I, go back to it then. I wouldn't. No, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't give them the commitment that I gave them previously. Yeah. Um, just from, you know, from a personal point of view, I'd love to, um, but from a business point of view, I've, I've got to do what makes me the most money because that, yeah. that's what we're, uh, that's what we're here to do, isn't it? But you, you know, you're saying you're, you're buying privately. Does that not take up a lot of your, your, your time then? Uh, this this thing that. with private, you can make so much money because you, you've got to understand you're you know, we're skilled, you know, we get people trying to haggle us down every day. Yeah. So we know every technique, we know every facial expression, we know every, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, body movements, we, we know it all. We've had it all. You know what, what the feeling, don't you? You know, exactly, like, exactly. psychologically, yeah. And you can sense, can't you, when someone's desperate. I must admit, like, I am terrible at kicking people in the bollocks, you know, when that, I know I could probably get it, 200 quid cheaper but I'm one them people that sometimes feels a bit sorry for him I think oh, well I've got oh, it cheap I've got it cheap enough but I bet you're like no get it even cheaper oh yeah well I uh, I don't wish to seem like a bit of a, of a devil here but yeah <laughs> no as, as I say like I will you know I will the thing, yeah, I'm just, I'm just quite good at reading body language now, uh, and yeah. I will, you know, I, I used to be a bit like yourself. I always used to feel really awkward when you kind of bit someone in the nuts, as we say it. But, but you know what? I, I kind of get a bit of a buzz off it now. To be fair, you know, when you really like, you know, let's say you go to view a car and it's four grand, and you know, we can, we can appraise cars really well. So we can walk yeah. around those cars, and you know, sometimes the customer doesn't know about, well, sometimes the seller doesn't know about it, sometimes they do. But you know, we can walk around those cars and we can pull it to bits 
bits, but you've got to read the person. You've got to know how to act around them. You know, sometimes you've got to act brash around people. Sometimes you have to walk on eggshells around people. You've yeah. just got to yeah, know how to act. You've got to build that rapport with them. You've got to make them, you know, you've got to build that trust. They've yeah. got to think you're a decent enough person. Yeah. Because if you... Cause You've got to be nice, haven't you? You've got to be. You, you can't just go in there. Oh, I'll give you this for that. You've got, like you say, you've got to build that rapport up, haven't you? And that's it, exactly, exactly. And, and when you build that trust and that rapport, you know, because people, you know, if you don't build that and you walk around the car, pull it to bits, they're just going to think you're a twat and that you you're basically just you're just trying yeah. it on. But yeah. yeah, you build that and you, you make them a genuine offer what the car is actually worth, yeah. you know, nine out of ten times, they'll, they'll, they'll accept it because, you know, you've come across decent, you've, you've demonstrated your ability and understanding to a level that they trust. And, you know, that's kind of that's how it, you know, just creates confidence and, you know, everybody kind of gets what they want out of the situation. They sell their yeah. car, they don't yeah. have any comebacks. And, you know, you get a car that's... Um, you know, you've got for a fair price and you yeah. can make a fair margin across. But, yeah, yeah no, I've, um, I have to say, you know, buying cars privately, it, it takes, like you're saying, a hell of a lot of time. But you can buy the stuff that sells and it doesn't need as much prep. It yeah. really, really it doesn't, doesn't need as much prep. <laughs> so true. And it? it's like just everything that I seem to buy private, it, it just... It, 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 Sometimes they've just been serviced, like two months <laughs> previous. Where then, when you go to an auction, someone thinks that they go like two hundred pounds over book, and then you've got fees. So it, it is a beautiful way to buy private, definitely. So no, no I, I, def I definitely agree with that. As I say, it is, a, it is a great way to buy. Again, use your skill, use your experience, appraise the car, have a look at it beforehand. You can take yeah. it for a drive. You know, it's less likely that somebody's going to rip you off when you can see them face to face. Yeah, yeah but, definitely. You know, everybody knows that, you know, you trade your car in. You know, you have friends, don't you? And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, I've got this EML light that keeps flashing off every now and again. Yeah. And I've been to the dealer and they say it's going to cost me three grand to fix. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm just going to go trade it in for my new BMW. And then you're kind of thinking... It's an old two cents there. Yeah, I'm going. Well, you just think you try. I'm going to be buying that next week. You yeah. know, somebody in the same position, and but yeah, it's kind of the reason cars get sent to auction because yeah. they've they've probably got a problem with them, and it, it it's just you know I, I, I kind of um, again the skill and experience to auction. You need to be able to you know there's, there's more to it. You can't just say yeah. oh I'm just going to buy main agent vehicles because they're main dealer part exchange. It doesn't work like no. that anymore. You know these you've got to. You've got to consider, you know, a game like the Arnold Clarks. Like Arnold Clark cars have been sifted through by four or five different car buyers yeah. or other Arnold Clark sites for the Arnold Clark motor stores. They've all been given because you know I've been on the back end of this at the main dealers where they've got their condition report. They know exactly what. The, well, they, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a hundred hundred point check, isn't it? Something yeah. stupid well, like that. It's the appraisal that's already been done by the salesperson. Now, we don't get that at the auction on the other side of things. But again, I've, I've seen it on the main dealer side where they've got that appraisal. You know, it's coming from service because it has this ghost hole or, you know, it needs dis and pads all around uh, and it's going to cost yeah. this much. Yeah. But, you know, so then the, these buyers and pickers get access to all of this. So, you know, when you when you, you go to the auction and, you know, there's a, a three-year-old BMW M4 in from Arnold Clarks with lovely mileage on and a great colour with all the right spec, you've just got to say... Well, Alarm bells in it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, there's, there's so many variables like that. Again, it's experience that teaches you all these things. And, you know, unfortunately, you, you've... The way, the way that we learn in this industry is through our pockets uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. and through <laughs> stress, isn't the, the, it? The so, hard way, isn't it? That's the way. It, but, it is. It is. It's the only way that you actually learn unless you literally have somebody holding your hand, yeah. which, you know, <laughs> you don't even, have anybody. Even then, but, but like, I was going to ask you, like, you know, if, if, would you do anything differently if you started again? Um, but, <laughs> but you know, you know, like what you're saying, like, buying private, if you're just starting out... <laughs> You've got the time to do it to buy private. Cause obviously, you're not as busy, are you? So I'd say anybody starting out, just just buy private. Don't think that all the bargains are going to be at the, be at the auction because that's no. where you're going to get it yeah, in the nuts, yeah. aren't you? No, I, th I think that's some really sound advice. You know, you need to buy privately. Try buy your friends' cars. That that's the best thing to do. Yeah. Try buy your friends' cars to begin with. <laughs> Uh, and you know, don't wonder if they stop talking to you when you find when they know how much money you've made. But yeah. you know, again, it's, it's just a way to to kind of get 
get yourself started it's uh, yeah buy, buying privately you know I, I still you know I spend time looking for adverts I have to say the private market at the moment is is on its arse because I think people are holding on to their cars through lockdown right. everyone's a little bit worried right. so right. you know I was obviously hoping that people were going to panic a little bit thinking oh crikey you know recessions yeah. and extra borrowing let's sell the car quickly but that, that hasn't happened really this time round so there's there's a real lack of private car sales on, on the market at the, right, at the moment right. but but yeah no I, I mean on on average I can maybe find myself spending two hours a day looking for for cars privately yeah. and that'll be on Facebook Gumtree eBay uh, and just just generally anything any other car buying you know yeah. car selling yeah, sites yeah, yeah it's pretty simple isn't it but that's what you've got to do and and if you if you were to start again then would you do anything differently or would you just do do you think you've been um, quite blessed in where you, you've ended up? Yeah, well, I, I think everybody, you know, it's, it's just, the, again, it's just the experience. The real, the experience does, you know, I, I could never have this experience that I've got now, uh, you know, when, when I started up. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. I would, I would say if I was starting now just to not touch. Uh, yeah, okay, so if I could kind of speak to 10 years ago me, I would say don't buy the high mileage stuff. That, that, that's as yeah. simple as that. My, mileage sells. Um, and when I mean mileage, I mean low mileage, you yeah. know, selling point mileage, mileage sells because people, people are under this understanding that, you know, there will be a full focus outside, um, want to be 10 years old with 30,000 miles on the clock and want to be seven years old with uh, 70,000 miles on the clock. And naturally the guy will think, oh, although the other one's older, uh, it's got lower mileage. So that means it's less likely to break. Um, so people generally, you know, they go with that attitude. You know, be again, having a bit of an understanding. I would say that's that's kind of the wrong idea to take. Um, you know, with it being higher mileage, it's, it might have had better servicing carried out. You yeah. know, it, it's been used on the motorways, so the engine's always been warm. Yeah. You know, you got to think. You know, with the lower mileage, if that's just been doing short journeys, the temperature of the engine and the oil's never been able to get yeah. to the optimum temperature. You know, it's kind of always been running cold as such. It, you know, that could, that will have adverse wear on the engine and its comp- and external components. So. You know, but again, but the consumer doesn't think like that. They, they just think about that. the mileage. I mean, like me personally, I will buy a high mileage car for myself. You know, I'd happily. But the psychological customer for for customers, they always want the low mileage car. You'll, do. you'll always sell it. that quicker than the high mileage one. That so, is the thing. But so, and then and then, like in the future, then in ten years' time, what, what what's the plan? Good to see yourself. Plan well. I'd like to see myself with some some more sites. Um, I would I would like to diversify from car sales. To be fair, I, I don't. You know, I, I, we've, I think we've we've kind of lived through this. Uh, we've you know, we, we've lived through the generation uh, where we've seen. You know, we've we've seen the rise of the internet. We've seen you know new markets open up. You know, the, you know. Imagine like thirty years ago talking about oh, there's this. Uh, this profile that's going to be on the internet um, that's going to be about you and it's going <laughs> yeah. to you're going to look at stuff like you like and you know and there's going to be like companies on there that are going to advertise to you it's just you know we've, we've kind of lived through that generation you know I think we're, we're you know we're, I wouldn't say we're too old to get on the bandwagon now but we're, we're too late you know that yeah. you know the tech, tech companies have already come they've already you know they've had 20 years to kind of mature and you know work out where where they can put their feet in the market but you know, I'm hopeful in the in the next ten years that you know I'm not I'm not massively hopeful that you know we're not going to get anything like the internet that's going to happen again. But I'm I'm hopeful that over the next ten years that we you know we'll be able to find something you know that you know we'll be able to jump on straight away because you know quite a lot of the time it is about they're getting in there first yeah, and you know yeah, becoming yeah. dominant. Yeah, yeah. Ten years time, I hope I'm going to find something. Maybe find something else to to crack on with as well as cars. Yeah, yeah. So you think you'll always still do cars in the background? Because I think this is like a bit of an addiction, this job. Like, once you get that taste for it, I mean, I can't... I think I'll be doing this when I'm 70 in some form or another. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you look at prestige dealers that are probably... that, that work from home, and, you, and yeah. they've probably had a pitch for years, and then they've just, like, liquidated all that stock, and then they've got, like, five or six top 
prestige, I don't know, Bentleys or something like that. And then they're just doing that on the side to 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 to, to keep what is it? To to keep the, the getting the buzz, you know, from the from the yeah, from the day. Rolling, it's kind of keep, keep the mind still active. Obviously, stave off the dementia step fairly, or whatever you want <laughs> yeah, to say. You know, you've it, got yeah. to keep keep going, essentially, haven't you? I mean, there's only one step after retirement, is there? And that's, that's yeah. death. So, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe if you don't retire, then you might not die. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, no. What I tend to see is kind of a natural, kind of natural progression of car dealers. Is uh, what what happens is they have their pictures. Um, you know, they, they do well, they make money, hopefully they buy their pitch, they then run it for 10, 15, 20 years, and yeah. then eventually they'll then sell their pitch or they'll rent it out and they'll live off the rental income, but then they'll they'll kind of go back to what they were selling like 20, 30 years ago. So essentially, we'll probably go back to what we're selling now, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, 20, 30 years. And, yeah. you know, they, they all turn into classic car dealers and just basically sell, sell from home because, yeah. again, that knowledge and experience that they have of years ago era it's not stuff we'll have um you know and it's probably not stuff we'll we'll ever get um, yeah. unless we start selling the classics of that yeah. but they've obviously got that experience and they they use it and you know in 30 years again it just you know this bit of nostalgia uh, is yeah. you know again but I, I like cars i really do love cars and selling cars in 20 30 40 years time if, if i can make it that long um you know that that it gives me an access to to a passion to a hobby um, and just just fulfilment essentially you know I, 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 if there's anything you know I, again I, I don't I don't know how I, I, I don't I don't want to say you're not massively into cars Gotti but you know like so the guys that like really really like cars I, I, don't, I don't know about you but you know when you get to the end of a stressful day uh, you know you've had a shit day and it's you know nothing's gone right but but then when you get to the end of the day and you can just get into let's say you know I'm looking at now a, a CL63 uh, you know V8 by turbo it's got 550 brakes 600 pounds of torque the car costs 130 grand new and yeah. when you can just get into something like that at the end of the day and you drive home you start it up you've got that technology the comfort the luxury surrounding you it just kind of you know, yeah again it just brings that little bit of fulfillment back yeah. back to you and yeah. you know takes the edge off the day so yeah oh, I, do, I just I, I still i need that in my life to, yeah. to help help keep me going i don't yeah. know about yourself yeah yeah well i normally just drive home and whatever's got the most fuel in but no i know what you mean i do look at them and if there's a nice one or nothing I just like getting in cars. That's it. It, it. You know, it can be something ridiculous, like a little, I don't know, like a, a 59 plate Kia that's got like 4,000 miles on the clock and I'll get a buzz yeah. out of that because I know I'm going to sell it. You know, yeah. it, it's all different, you know. And then when you get some type really high mileage stuff that comes in part X, but you know that back in the day that car was like 40, 50 grand. Um, yeah, yeah. it's just it's just a good buzz isn't it it's just every day is different that's what I like yeah. about it no it is it's totally different everything there's so much variety isn't there and we're, you know we're so blessed with all the car manufacturers that we have now but you know again I, th- I think we'll probably see that variety slipping yeah. you know as as you know as you know manufacturers share more technology um, you know it, it was like you know Saab, you know, Saab and uh, GM you know, yeah, the, the, yeah. some of the last SARS that they, they made were just basically just they were pure just all voxel. You look at the the last of the Saab nine five, and that was that was you know it just looked like an insignia as well. And yeah, again, yeah. I think we're going to experience this as we you know we pull pull ourselves more into the you know the hydrogen generation yeah. i think we're going to see more more technology being shared you know again at the moment we've got you know like the 1.6 diesels that we'll find in you know peugeot's citroen's volvo's minis yeah. you know it's, it's all a psa unit you know yeah. it's, it's the yeah. same engine and yeah. that's been going on now for for you know 10 15 years so yeah. it, we've already seen that start to happen and again it's you know it's diluting down that that kind of like it, yeah. is, is, is that what you tone. love then all the like the different engines and, and stuff like that oh yeah no yeah. I, I totally love it I, yeah I, I love when you know so you'll get an engine that is only you know for that brand and you get to look into why it's good so yeah. again like the the range rover uh, the range rovers from like 2009 onwards they've got the 4.4 td v8 um 
engine in them and that's not a Land Rover engine it's actually a Ford engine and that's come yeah, over from yeah. America you know and that, that's great we've got this American engine this American V8 over here it's you know it's really cool and I, I just love stuff yeah. like that but yeah I, I, I can hear your, your you can hear your passion in your voice just talking about that <laughs> stuff so when a customer comes on and you're, you're, if you're selling it not your salesman they, they're just going to have that car they're going to buy it from you straight away well, yeah, I, I think that, that it just helps. It helps, like, when, you know, uh, when you can, you know, the t- customer needs to turn up, he needs to be confident in you, uh, and he needs to be able to trust you. And part of that, I think part of that building that trust and confidence is just demonstrating uh, a competent yeah. understanding yeah. of the product. And, yeah. you know, when I can, you know, when you can tell them about everything, when you can pop the bonnet and be like, look, there's the turbo, there's the EGR yeah. cooler, yeah, there's EGR, yeah. and... That, you know, the, the, Customers think, you know, no, he knows his shit. He knows well, what he's they, on they about. Can, they feel reassured. Yeah. You know? I, I always used to laugh again at the, at the main dealers, uh, at Toyota especially. I remember this one particular time when I, I popped the bonnet up and uh, I was like, all right, boys, come on. What's that? I pointed to the alternator. And I mean, I'm not going to hold you to it, Gotti, but you know, <laughs> an alternator is pretty easy to know what it is. I, I could I do like, alternator, definitely. Can you, you can do yeah. alternator. Okay, yeah. good. Well, I pointed to that, and these guys were like 10 years in the trade, 15 years in the trade. I was like, what's that? And they were like, uh, well, it's a, it's a star member, isn't it? And I was just like, oh my God. But um, yeah, so I think, uh, again, it helps, it helps independence if, if you definitely. can kind of you know, demonstrate that understanding. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, well, mate, it's been brilliant talking to you. And uh, so before we go, can you just give us like your favourite quote? The problem is there is, it isn't, it's incredible. I think you could actually write a small dictionary uh, with all the terms <laughs> yeah. and, and words, words used. Um, yeah. You know, I'm trying to think of the one that isn't offensive. Uh, you know, the least least offensive one. I I have to say, what I'm what I'm liking at the the moment is Decline or Richie. Uh, that that's probably one of my. Uh, that's oh right, right, of, right, right, right. You, right. Just, you know, when so, someone gets declined, you say, that's it, it's a Decline that. or Richie, isn't it? Yeah. Right? It's called Decline or Richie. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It. It's probably a soft one. It's a soft. That's, one. I've but, never heard that one. That's brilliant. <laughs> Ross, thank you for coming on. Been an absolute pleasure. Um, if it, for people listening to this, where can they find you? I mean, do you mind them messaging you on like Instagram or? Yeah, no, I'd be happy for people to kind of reach out and you know have a chat. I, I'm always, you know, if somebody, if somebody's got the uh, you know same passion that I have when it comes down to cars and kind of engineering. I, I'm more than happy to talk about it all day long. It's better to catch me in the evenings because normally through the days I'm, you know, I'm just yeah. knuckled down. But yeah, no, you've got people can drop me an email. My email is it's Ross hyphen A at live uk, and you know if anybody ever wants to, you know, kind of picks this up and wants to have a bit of a chat, you know, kind of tap into that. So that experience that I've got, I'd, I'd be always more than uh, more than happy to work out a favourable rate to sell them this information. No, I'm <laughs> joking. Sorry, I'm just uh, No, I'd be more than happy to have a chat with anybody. Oh, brilliant! Well, thanks, mate. All the best. No worries, Dave.